You're listening to Meet the RIA. In this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insight from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Hello and welcome to Meet the RIA. Joining us now is Brian Andrew, EVP of Wealth and Chief Investment Officer at Johnson Financial Group, which has about $14 billion in assets under administration. And of course, Johnson Financial Group has a wealth, bank, and insurance business. So Brian, how does the wealth management business fit into the bigger company? And what benefits are there to being part of a broader financial services organization that includes a bank? Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's um, an interesting um, business model and a great opportunity for us and for our clients. So the wealth business at Johnson Financial Group sits alongside uh, the bank, Johnson Bank and uh, Johnson Insurance Services. And we're able to leverage all of the services that come from those different um, parts of our organization to benefit clients and to create solutions for clients, both institutional and individual. How would you sum up your company culture? Well, I think that's one of the great things about the organization. So we're a little bit unique in that we're privately owned, uh, family owned by the Johnson family. Uh, And as a result, the culture of the organization is really uh, very strong. Uh, I think the family has a mission statement that applies to all of its businesses that's very simple and says that um, if you focus on uh, associates, Uh, doing right by the clients uh, and benefiting the communities that we do business in, uh, that you'll be successful. Uh, And that aligns very well with the people that work here, uh, makes it easy to do right by clients, uh, and has led to a lot of success uh, for Johnson Financial Group. Now, Helen Johnson-Leopold is chair of your firm and part of the multi-generational Johnson family that's also led uh, SC Johnson. How does the connection to the Johnson family affect Johnson Financial Group? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, it's interesting. Um, Helen is uh, the fifth generation of Johnsons to be involved in the Johnson family businesses. And so uh, we have a long legacy uh, and the family, uh, that mission statement I mentioned earlier, the family has been using for a very long time. And so uh, when they say focusing on associates, clients, and communities uh, serves uh, them well. Uh, They mean it because they've been able to do it for a very long time and prove that it can be successful. Uh, So I think one of the other things that's interesting as an RIA uh, to be privately owned is, as you know, there's a lot going on in the RIA space in terms of organizations coming together um, and different forms of um, capital that people use to do acquisitions, as an example, and being privately held puts us in a unique position for inorganic growth, I think. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about growth. What are your priorities in terms of growing your firm over the next few years? And do you expect to grow organically or do you see acquisitions being a part of your growth? And then if you plan to pursue acquisitions, what characteristics are you looking for here? Yeah, well, we definitely want to grow. I think one of the other things that's important and part of the family's mission statement is that businesses they're involved with should be sustainable and thrive. And thriving means growing. And going back to the idea that our focus should be on impacting associates, 
clients and the communities we do business in, uh, to the extent we grow, we do more of all of that, which is which is a great thing. So we think about growth in terms of organic growth, uh, which comes from referrals from existing clients. Uh, on average, we grow about 10% per year organically. Uh, but now that we've achieved uh, that scale north of $10 billion, we recognize that we're at a point in time in the industry where we're starting to see businesses uh, or an acceleration, I should say, in terms of businesses being acquired uh, and smaller RIAs looking for that scale uh, to benefit them, um, either through new technology or easier compliance and operations or just an opportunity to refocus on clients and, and getting new clients. And so we're interested in inorganic growth as well. And in addition to leading the wealth business, you're also chief investment officer. Brian, could you describe your approach to investing on behalf of your clients? Yeah, well, that that's a challenge right now, certainly um, as a result of the market environment. But we really have a global philosophy around how we think about investing. So we are um, generally uh, focused on identifying investment strategies across asset classes and across the globe that we can use to construct portfolios to help clients meet their objectives. Um, I would say we're a financial planning first firm um, with the idea being that we want to understand the client's story uh, and then use planning to uh, discern how to use their assets and income to tell that story. And that's what leads us to portfolio construction on a global basis. And as you alluded to, markets have recently been rough and uncertainty about the outlook for the economy and inflation remain. But generally speaking, how are you navigating this environment and how have you navigated other similar uh, volatile environments as well? Yeah, th this is a very difficult environment, I think, for our advisors and for clients. Um, and I think this is a little bit unusual in that we're coming from a point in time where interest rates were at or very near zero. And so what people are seeing that's different from what they're used to seeing is that um, when we talk about no place to hide in this environment, they see that in the performance of the assets in their portfolio, really uh, short of cash, uh, everything they own um, has been hurt by the decline in asset prices. So I think the most important thing we can do is help clients understand this in the context of that plan that I talked about earlier, bring them back to uh, what the current environment means in their planning uh, and remind them that when we put plans together, they contemplate environments like this. Um, and, and we know that we can revisit the probability of success in that plan and that helps people understand that that planning made sense and that it continues to work even though we've seen the decline in assets that we've seen this year. Mm -hmm. And whether you were a conservative investor with a lot of fixed income or more aggressive with more, more equities holdings, for example, it's been a really tough year as you as you mentioned. How, are, how do you balance uh, you know these expectations among very different clients with very different risk tolerances when there has been a lot of pain across the board? Yeah, that, that's true. And I think even clients who are generally more fixed income oriented, uh, because of the increase in rates that's happened so quickly, have seen 
a meaningful decline in their portfolios. Um, you know, we've made some adjustments in portfolios along the way. We started the year uh, generally short our average maturity benchmarks. That's helped us a little bit. Um, and what we've tried to do with clients like that, especially the more conservative ones, is help them understand the benefits of a now higher interest rate environment and the opportunity to begin to think about owning slightly longer dated maturities that will help them from an interest income perspective. Um, and I think generally speaking, that's probably the thing we focus on the most is talking about rebalancing portfolios to, to essentially put money to work at asset prices that are significantly lower than where they were at the, the beginning of the year. That's probably the hardest conversation with clients, frankly, is um, convincing them that uh, putting money to work is a good idea uh, after we've seen the kind of environment we've seen since the first of the year. Helping them to be greedy when others are fearful to uh... <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Well, finally, Brian, any top priorities that you'd like to highlight moving forward for the firm? Well, I think the number one priority right now uh, for our organization and probably most RIAs is taking care of clients. Um, I think it is a very difficult environment. Uh, but the other thing I would say, going back to your, your earlier question about organic growth is this is a great environment uh, to get new clients. And so one of the other things that we're seeing is an uptick in growth as a result of our being in front of clients on a regular basis. That leads to more referrals. Uh, on the commercial side of our business, we've seen more business liquidations uh, as the economy softens. Business owners who were close to selling are pulling the trigger, and that leads to more client acquisition as well. So um, I think managing existing clients' expectations uh, and then dealing with uh, a, an uptick in organic growth are really our near-term priorities. There's a large opportunity there for the the clients of REAs that aren't communicating to uh, right. step in there and, and help with that communication. Absolutely. Well, Brian, great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate it. And thank you for watching. Once again, that was Brian Andrew, EVP of Wealth and Chief Investment Officer at Johnson Financial Group. I'm Jenna Dagenhart with Asset TV. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the RIA. Be sure to check out our other episodes and visit AssetTV.com, your source for financial news and information. <music>